Hi there and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachomath with the Las Vegas Kolel. It's hard for us to really fathom just how wealthy John D. Rockefeller was. Born in the late 1830s, he worked his way up from being a low-level clerk to being the CEO of Standard Oil. At its peak, Standard Oil was in control of 90% of all gasoline, diesel, all oil products in the United States of America. Eventually, Standard Oil would be broken up by the United States government, but it would eventually turn into Exxon, Mobil, BP, Chevron, all the gas companies that you're familiar with, they all used to be under one company called Standard Oil, and John D. Rockefeller was at its top. If you calculate based on his wealth and you calculate it to today's net to today's net worth, John D. Rockefeller may have been worth up to $420 billion. That's almost double the value of someone like an Elon Musk is worth today. His wealth was just staggering. How much money he had. At his peak, his net worth was approximately 3% of the GDP of the entire United States of America. Is there a way for us to become as wealthy as a John D. Rockefeller? It's an interesting thing. If you look in the story of Genesis and Sefer Bereshis, we read about the story of Hagar, Avraham's concubine, Abraham's concubine. And there's a whole story in the back and forth, and we find in the narrative that Hagar gets sent out into the desert where she, where she encounters an angel. And she has a whole dialogue with this angel. And after this dialogue and encounter with the angel, Hagar explains, She refers to the name of God who she was speaking to, this angel. And she says, You are the God of vision. For she said, She explains, Could I have seen even here after having seen over there? Now what does that mean? Rashi explains that Hagar was referencing the fact that here she was out in a desert and she encountered angels. She wasn't so surprised to bump into angels and to see an angel in the first place. Rashi explains, Hagar had been living in Avraham's house. In Avraham's house, angels were a regular occurrence. She used to bump into angels hanging out with Abraham regularly. Hagar was surprised that here she is in the desert in a far-flung place and out even over here, even out in the middle of nowhere to bump into an angel. That's what gave her surprise. That's what gave her pause. But bumping into an angel in general, that was something she was used to. She was accustomed to seeing angels. And Rashi contrasts that. We find the story of the book of Judges. We read about Manoach, who bumps into an angel, and he's so overcome with the fright and the severity and the impact of having seen an angel, he declares, surely I shall die. It's not for a human to be able to comprehend and to bump into an angel. It was such an overwhelming experience. Manoach assumes that for sure he's going to die because of just the overwhelming elements of that experience. But Hagar, Rashi points out, she was used to seeing angels. She bumped into angels all the time in Avram's house. Bumping into an angel again, that wasn't a surprise. She was just kind of curious. I never saw an angel out here in the desert. That was a little unusual. But bumping into angels in general, that was old news for Hagar. That wasn't a big deal. Rashi is really highlighting such an interesting dynamic about the human condition. We become so accustomed to the things around us, we be begin to take them for granted. Hagar, she bumped into angels all the time. Seeing another angel, no big deal. Manoach, on the other hand, he had never seen an angel in his life. The first time he sees an angel, it's such an overwhelming experience, he declares, I surely shall die. Manoach was never used to seeing angels. That experience, it was so overwhelming. 
Hagar, on the other hand, that was something she was used to. She was accustomed to it, so it became usual to her. I don't think Rashi is criticizing Hagar in any way. It's just a reality. Hagar saw angels all the time. Seeing another angel, no big deal. But for Manoach, bumping into an angel, that was a huge moment in his life. And I think it's true about all of us as well. There are things around us that we just take for granted. We just assume them to be true. Because we're so accustomed to them, they don't seem out of the ordinary, and we take them for granted. Not too long ago, I wanted to do a little bit of research. In today's day and age, what's considered living in poverty? What does it mean? What does life look like for those who live in poverty today in North America? And I came across the following article written by a nonprofit describing what life in poverty, being food insecure, what does that look like? And they wrote the following. It means empty refrigerators and hungry summers when there aren't school lunches to tide kids over. Living in poverty means hot summers and cold winters and families can't afford the electricity to keep on the air conditioning. Poverty means not having internet access, not being able to have computers or phones. Poverty creates a dependence on public transport and not having your own car. Poverty means not being able to attend doctor's appointments. And of course, we hope and pray and we want to do everything that we can for those who are living in poverty today. We hope and pray and we want to do all that we can to ensure that they have the opportunities, that they have the resources to make sure that their lives are blessed to make sure that their lives are filled with the opportunities that we all hope and wish everyone to have. But it dawned on me, if we reflect on what poverty looks like in today's day and age, by that standard, John D. Rockefeller was poor. He never had air conditioning. The automobile was something that was only created towards the end of his life. Refrigerators, that wasn't invented till the last decade of John D. Rockefeller's life. He lived his life in hot summers, no air conditioning. He never saw a computer. He never went on the internet. A cell phone would have been magical for him. Yet we all have these things and we take them for granted. In a certain respect, we're wealthier. Each and every one of us are wealthier than a John D. Rockefeller. He would have given his right arm to have an iPhone today. He never could have even imagined what an iPhone was like. A computer, the internet, air conditioning, transportation that we have today. He couldn't have even imagined the luxuries that we take for granted and our standard to the point that we almost view them as being living in poverty if you don't have these things. They're so baseline for what life looks like for us today. It should really give us pause and reflect to count our blessings, just how grateful we need to be, just how much hakara satov, appreciation and gratitude we should have for the things that for our society and for our day and age, we assume that these are standard basic elements of life. Computers, iPhones, travel, the medical care that we have that John D. Rockefeller couldn't even imagined. We need to make sure we're not taking these things for granted. We need to live our lives every day with the appreciation and gratitude for all the blessings that God has given us.